to speak this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, a real powerful passage of scripture, and one very familiar verse, um, but we're going to draw some things out from that whole chapter. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the source of liberty, the source of liberty or freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this. Say it with me out loud. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. Now where the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We have three dogs at home. Two golden doodles, one of them named Reagan and one of them named Lincoln. And you can follow them at conservative dudes on Instagram. Shameless plug there. Um, and one, the other dog is a rescue dog named Audie. The two doodles walk around like they paid too much money for us, and we did. And Audie walks around like, I'm just lucky to be here. She walks around like, like a person who knows that she was saved. And she was actually saved from my son, which is a whole nother sermon. <laughs> when he was a freshman at Lee University, his girlfriends gave him a birthday present named Audie, a dog. I'm like, Brandon, that I'm, I'll, I'm still in counseling for it, but <laughs> literally 10 years later, we have Audie. All three of them, the house we used to live in over in South Forsyth had an invisible fence. And you may think, man, those things are so cruel. And you'd be right. Uh, until a dog learns where their boundaries are. And once we move, and our dogs learned where the boundaries were, and they knew exactly wherever they could go in our yard. We've now moved over to Cherokee County, we're not in a community, we're, we're not in a neighborhood, and there's land, and our dogs moved in, and thinking, we're, we have arrived, this is what dogs are made for, to chase birds, and deer, and bear, and coyote, and we literally have a bobcat out on Jeff Wheeler Road, and we realize quickly that we are going to need to put them on another invisible fence system. And so, thank God for Amazon, we found this nifty little thing called Pet Safe because it keeps pets safe. And we purchased it and we trained them and it's got like a hundred yard circumference around, not circumference, radius, Georgia Tech. I didn't go there, but I know how to spell it. Um, I've rooted for their football team, so. And I have ADD still, too, so. Um, and so we set it up, and it took them a few weeks to learn the system. And they've been under that system for like a year and a half. And all of a sudden, we realize they're not going, like, off the porch. And like one of the reasons you let a dog out is so they will do their business. And they were like doing their business on the porch. And we're like, what is going on? So we take the collar and we walk it out there and you can hear 
as they go beep, 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 as you get closer to the, and we're like, I'm barely outside the door, and it's going beep, 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 beep. So I, call, I got online and found the company, the manufacturer, and I called them, and I explained our problem, and they asked me what the settings were. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't know it had settings. I don't know what it's on. And they said, well, it's got a short and a long range distance it's set on. And in the, between the short and the long, you can give it. And I'm, so I'm like, well, where would, where would you all have put such a stupid button for me to find where that is? And then they told me, and I realized somebody had bumped it into a shorter range. And our poor dogs, for weeks, were learning a new radius that was very limited. And they were in mild depression while this was going on. And they, dogs, doodles are like people on four legs, if you have one. That's why we don't have just one. We have two. Three children grew up and got married. We got three dogs to replace them. The fourth will be married soon. We're going to stay at three dogs. <laughs> but the issue for us is it affected them. And there are people here today. You were born to be free. The original design in the garden is that you would be free, not in bondage, free to live, not controlled by vices or devices. But you were born, you were created to enjoy a free life. Now this passage of script, or this verse, let me give you the context. The whole chapter, I think it's 18 verses, is one of the most beautiful passages on personal, national and personal freedom. But it starts out with Paul talking about some bondage. Because listen, there were some Jewish religious people who were not excited about Gentiles becoming Christians, receiving Jesus. And so these Jewish leaders who had been converted to Jesus, Judaizers, were saying, no, hey, Paul, they cannot enjoy grace until they get circumcised and they become like us. And, and so that's the original battle. And it was a battle between law and grace. Um, bondage and freedom. And bondage is good for some people in this sense. A lot of people only like the things that they have that they can earn. So they can feel better about what they have and they earn it. Grace is humbling. And so this starts out with Paul talking about this issue and how it had affected them. Virtually the whole book of Galatians is written where Paul is talking about, you know, they've been bewitched. You started out in grace, and now you're trying to earn your salvation. You're trying to earn merits with God. You're trying to earn your position with Him. And, and we'll talk about in Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, it's for freedom that you have been set free. Now, last week, you were here, we talked about living out of one of two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And before I go further, you'll, 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 most people or many people think the tree of knowledge 
that would be a good tree to live out of. No. It's the knowledge of good and evil. It is, listen, your, listen, your connection to God is only by virtue of the fact that you know what's good and evil. And there are people who've been bewitched, even believers, who live in that realm of they know what's right and they know what's wrong. And um, he, Paul talks about that in the early part, and, he, and, and he's, he's addressing people who are living out of that religious, that tree of knowledge. And last week we talked about God wants us to live out of the, the tree of life. And I didn't dive into it, but Barbara and, and Russ Williams, I don't know if they're here today, but they sent this to me, and I'd seen it throughout the years. And many of you, I'm sure, no doubt have seen it. And it's, they've taken people for years through counseling and teaching on spiritual warfare. And it's this picture right here, and it's the difference between the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we figure out the way. Um, my knowledge, striving, self-sufficiency, independence, carrying burden, law, death, trying, inadequate, guilt and shame, pride when I do well, believing lies that are sound good. Has anybody ever lived out of that tree? Come on, most all of us, in fact, probably all of us at some point or another. But how many of you are thankful for the tree of life? Come on, how many of you are thankful? Because here's, here's the difference. God leads the way. I'm not here to figure out the way. I'm learning to follow him. He put his spirit in me. It's not what I know. It's God's wisdom being released to me. It's not me striving. It's me learning to abide. Anybody enjoying a, the life of abiding in Christ? Come on, amen? It's not just that, but it's God's sufficiency, not my self-sufficiency. It's not independence, it's dependence upon the reliable source of him, his kingdom. It's not a burden, it's freedom. It's not law, it's grace. It's not death, it's life. Come on, somebody say life this morning. Come on, how many of you know Jesus came that we might have life, the abundant life, amen? It's not just trying, it's trusting. It's not inadequate, it's adequate. It's not guilt and shame, but it's being Learning that I am forgiven. It's not pride, it's humility, it's not lies, it's truth. And what does the truth do? It sets us free. Now, in this passage, going back to the context of chapter 3, 2 Corinthians, verse 6 says this, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. And all of us have heard this. Some may not even realize this is Scripture. It says, For the letter kills... But the Spirit gives life. Now, everybody look here. This is not just a play on words right here. This is illustrated in the Bible. What's Paul talking about? When Moses received the law. Do you know on that day, Moses was lit up. He was glowing. But because of the reaction to the people, do you know on that day that Moses received, listen to me, the law. 3,000 people died. And, the, and yet, in the New Testament, when, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the Spirit gave life, guess how many people came to Christ on that day? 3,000 people. It's incredible. Now, for the, the letter kills, but the Spirit 
gives life. Life. I want you to get this principle, and I've taught this in different sermons throughout the years, and this won't be the last time you hear this from me. The Spirit gives life. I want you to say it again, life. Not religion. Gives life. And we see three critical pictures throughout the Old and the New Testament. And the first one is found in Genesis chapter 2, when God breathed the Ruach, the Spirit of God. He breathed that into Adam. Verse 7, it says in chapter 2. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the Ruach. And the man became a living being. Everybody look right here. This is the first man. He had to be a prototype. He probably looked more like Lou Ferrigno than he looks like me. He, he was probably chiseled and Adonis. He would probably be somebody your daughters would be interested in dating. We all agree on that. We, we ambivalence. How many of you know Adam was probably a stud? It was the first one. And he lay there chiseled, dead. No life. Until... God breathed the Ruach, the life in him. And so the Spirit gave the first man on the planet life. Move to the New Testament. In Luke chapter 1, verse 34, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and, sa and says to Mary that she will conceive and give birth to the Messiah. And she says... And this is a very real, fair question. She says, how? I, I'm, I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the, I love, love, love this. Y'all know that I love this. The power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. That's my prayer for my life, for my ministry, for our church. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for all of us. That the Holy Spirit will overshadow us. When people see how God uses us, they will not see him. It will be so significant that when they see what God does through you, may they see him. And what happened? Mary, her condition is, listen, that's impossible. I cannot conceive. I've never known a man intimately. I'm engaged. I'm not qualified. My circumstances won't allow for that word to come into my life. You ever been there? And so she says about an impossible, unbelievable promise that we get in here every Sunday. She says, how? And the angel says, that's easy. The Holy Spirit's going to come up on you. And you will conceive. And she didn't fully understand it or what would happen. She's 14, 15 years old. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. It starts right there in humility. And she says, "May y'all know where I'm going, right? May it be unto me according to your word. 
And so her humble posture is, I don't know how it can happen, but I receive it. I'm down with that. And you know later, it's where we see the next verse is, for nothing is impossible with God. Listen to me. The angel Gabriel brought a word from God to her about something God wanted to conceive to in conceive be birthed through her to change the world around her. And the sermon I'm preaching to you today, my name's not Gabriel, but I have a word from the Lord. And if you will just say, I'm not my circumstances, I've already been disqualified for, for real freedom. I don't know how I, I've been divorced, Pastor Chuck. I've been, I was, I'm limping through life. What happened to me as a child? Things people said to me, what I went through in my teen years, that bankruptcy, that the things that no, no to your circumstances. Yes to the word of God that says. You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is put yourself, posture yourself, and I'm speaking to some people who are carrying addictions, real bondage, things that you've been enslaved to, and the word of the Lord comes to you today about something he wants to do in you, conceived, that will grow in you, be birthed through you, and change the world around you. God wants to do something in you that will impact your whole family. You believe that this morning? So the first is Adam and the Ruach. Mary, and wouldn't you, wouldn't you suggest that, yeah, this situation for the Messiah to enter the world, relatively a significant epoch, right? And she said, okay, may it be unto me according to your word. Holy Spirit overshadowed her. The third one is found in Acts chapter 2. It's the church. Jesus has left the earlier chapter in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received power from on high, until you've received the gift my Father has promised. And so the church, they've been discipled. How many of you know there's no seminary that could have competed with three years with Jesus on the road? None. So they're fully prepared. They're laying there as the church, just like Adam the church, but not the church yet, because what? The Ruach has not entered them. And what happens in Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? Life came into the church. Courage came. Boldness came. A lack of bondage. Freedom came. And we stand here today because God did the Ruach upon the New Testament church. And we stand here in 2021 in need of a fresh Ruach from God. And we need a postured, humble position that says, God, we are your, oh, we are your servants. May it be unto us according to your word. May a word come to us about something you want to do in us that will grow in us, be birthed through us, and change the world around us. Brothers and sisters, I've told you for a year and a half almost,
We're not going to sensationalize this epoch that we're in. But nor are we going to stand and ignore the realities that it looks like other dreadful seasons of history in the world. Some of them not too distant. What's happening in our nation, we've got people who are overreacting and people who are underreacting. What God needs is some people who are filled with His Spirit, full of His Word, standing on His promises, believing that He can still do the impossible. May we be one of those churches. May we be, listen, may we be those people. May we be like Paul who stood and he's addressing the Corinthian church at a time when there's a layover where seasons are changing and we are moving from an Old Testament, a law, a do your best, work hard into a grace situation. Ours isn't the same, but we're not going back to life before what we've been through. Things have changed in this world. Pray for me. We've got children in here, and i got a big old burden I'm carrying. May God help us to understand in this season, like Paul, that we still can become enslaved. We can become full of bondage in fear. Oh, I just got a whole bunch of rock. Y'all pray for me that I will, I will get it out the way he wants to get it out. Listen to me. The, 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 the rivers and the waters are swirling. You know, I'm, I'm going to bed last night following some of my pastoral friends. And I'm following some who are, who are you know, big time guys. And I'm seeing everywhere this, this trendy, you know, we're ashamed of America. I'm seeing and, and saying, yeah, pastor. One guy said, pastor, if you've planned tomorrow to celebrate the nation's freedom, and if you've got the red, white, and blue, the good news is you still have time to change your sermon and your service for tomorrow. And they're, they're, the, wa the waters are swirling everywhere. And I'm studying all, all summer long for three sermons that I'm about to preach starting next week. I'm going to be preaching on biblical sexuality. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to be preaching on the forgotten history. People that are standing up and saying America is not exceptional don't have a clue about what the real his history says. We are not exceptional, but he is. And when, listen, when you understand the, the, the real roots before it's being deconstructed and revised, you can understand that this is an exceptional nation that God has used to send his gospel around the world. And I believe with all my heart, he is not finished with us. Now, 2 Corinthians verses 7 through 11 is the heart of the chapter. And Paul, as he reflects back on the Old Testament, he's not saying that the law was bad. No, it was glorious too. And you can read Exodus 34 verses 29 through 35. Paul wasn't dissing the Old Testament because the truth is when Moses came off the mountain, his face was glo glowing with the glory of God. But Paul was saying that wasn't bad, but 
what we now have in Christ is amazing. It is really glorious. Moses' face was glowing, and he wasn't even aware of it. Why was it glowing? The Bible says because, listen to me, he had spoken with the Lord. How many of you know when you speak with the Lord, there's a peace that comes over you, and your countenance expresses it? we got eight prayer warriors in here who understand what I'm talking about this morning. i got to move along. But Paul is saying, listen, the New Testament, the New Covenant, what Jesus has done in the cross, please hear me, it's way better. It's better because it doesn't bring death. It brings life. It doesn't bring a, oh, I'm hopeless, I'll never be. No, it brings life. Number two, he was saying it's better because it's not temporary. Where Moses' glory was fading, it's not temporary. It's permanent. Number three, listen to me, everybody. Moses reflected the glory of God, but we who are now filled with his spirit radiate the glory of God. That was a great opportunity for somebody just to agree with me some one way or another. Um, because that's the whole plan. We are radiators, not thermometers. Now, let me go back. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit for just a minute. I'm going to let you go in a few minutes. But we are going to get out here early today. Um, there's no way to... In, in one morning to just talk about all the damage that the letter, the letter of the law, doing it exactly right, perfectionistic spirituality. We sit in service going, I've done well this week. Everybody had served Jesus like me. This church would be amazing. This church needs more people like me. Oh, God, I praise you because you are so lucky that I'm here this morning. You know, the letter kills. Even when you think, I've done a great job, it kills. But the Spirit gives life. My dogs, when we changed that, it affected them. I mean, when I realized what had happened, I realized what they had been saying to me with their eyes. Like, I used to love you. Being a dog in this house used to be exciting and fun. I'm serious. I just, I don't care about bears and coyotes. I'm a dog. I'm born to run. And look at you. You, you are not even aware of what you're doing to me. We'd rather be somebody else's dog. In fact, I don't care if they eat me alive. I'd rather be free. And that's how many of us live our lives. But the Spirit, the letter kills. But the Spirit gives life. Please listen to me. The Holy Spirit, if you were Satan and you knew what Holy Spirit does, you would make him taboo too. And we've twisted things. 
And the Holy Spirit's like that crazy aunt that we pray doesn't show up at Christmas because we're bringing our fiancé to the dinner. And we're like, just Holy Spirit, if we need you, we'll let you know. And the Holy Spirit, please, 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 Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let's use Jesus' word. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll do greater things than the things I've done because I'm going to the Father. What I've done, I could get, I did everything I could in three years, but when I leave and he comes, there's one of me, there's 12 of y'all, and you're going to be here for way more than three years. This wasn't greater in quality, like, how, can you get any better than raising the dead, healing blind eyes? No but greater in quantity. And the 12 went to 120, to 3,120, then 8,120. And Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll do even greater things. John 14, 12. Also, he said, you, you, when he comes, you will have a comforter, a counselor. John 14, 16, and 18. Jesus said, now I'll ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Look at me, brothers and sisters. Have you ever needed any help? Have you ever needed someone to just advocate on your behalf? I'm coming out to the car yesterday, getting ready to go up to the lake, and I've got my hands full. And JP, being sensitive, reaches across the van and unlocks and opens the door for me. And I'm like, thank you. He just advocated on my behalf. I can now get in the van. He went before me and just... just a, and I've told you, sometimes I'm carrying something. Need some, sometimes in life, you just, you just need a little help. How many of you are thankful when the Holy Spirit comes along and just provides a little boost? Y'all out there, y'all got fireworks all up in your head this morning. <laughs> I, I will not leave you as orphans. We just sang it. John 14, verse 17. When he comes, the he's the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I've said this many times. How many of you know in is better than with? In is better than with. We get his app on our hardware. His software on and him being in us is an intimate position of authority, of power, and of revelation. It's the way to live the free life. I wish somebody was out there this morning. Not only that, he, he will be in you, but he will, be, he will reveal truth to you. Discernment. Everybody look. It's the lost art. It's the lost spiritual gift in the American church. What is discernment? It's me having the ability to know the truth whenever I need to know the truth. Do you realize what an untruthful world we live in right now? Oh, come on. Do you realize my Holy Spirit, when I watch news, listen, see what's happening in popular culture, Holy Spirit in me is going, oh. Anybody else? And that's not just I'm a religious right-wing conservative. I'm not. I'm a spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian. And I, re listen, and the Holy Spirit will not let me be brainwashed. And you need the Holy Spirit. 
Let's get more practical. You know, you're sitting and listening to sermons. We have so much silliness being preached from American pulpits right now. Theology that is so harebrained, you just go, what? Self-serving, consumeristic. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us. Jesus said this, there's some stuff I'd like to tell you, but you're not ready to receive it. But when he comes, he will tell you. How, how, Jesus, are you kidding me? There's some stuff. Don't just say that and walk away. Come back here. What is it? And he's like, no. You wouldn't be able to receive it. But when I put my app on your smartphone, you'll be able to receive it and help other people receive it. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm teasing. So many good things. He will remind you of things Jesus has said in his word. How many of you thank God for your wife? How many of you know things happen when your wife isn't there that if you'd have just had somebody there telling you, reminding you, you would have saved yourself a lot. I just pray every husband here has a wife like I have that just says it and helps even when I don't want her to say it or to help. She's there reminding. The Holy Spirit comes. How many times have you been caught up, flustered, stressing out, fearful, distracted, and you just need the Holy Spirit to say, my peace, I leave with you. I don't give as the world gives. My peace will be with you forever. You just need the Holy Spirit to remind you what the Word says. To remind you of what truth is, what balance, what center point is. Now, as I come to close right here, everybody listen. If you were the devil you would make the Holy Spirit taboo too. Because Paul says, where the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's reminding me I'm not an orphan. I'm a son. The Holy Spirit's reminding me what truth is, even when somebody's telling me a bunch of untruth. The Holy Spirit is there empowering me reminding me that Jesus said, I'll do even greater works than he did. So if you were Satan, you'd make the Holy Spirit taboo too. But Jesus said, listen, Holy Spirit will reveal truth. And when you know the truth, the truth, the nature of knowing the truth will set you free. And four verses later, he says, and I want to speak to somebody who feels enslaved. And you're secretly carrying things that are keeping you from enjoying life. Jesus said, and he whom the Son sets free is free for real or free indeed. Really, 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 really free. My kids ask, you know, about their mate when they're dating. They're like, how will I know? And Candace and I have said, how will I know when it's the right one? We're like, you'll just know. How? You'll just know. 
How do you know when you're free, Pastor Chuck? You'll just know. If you don't know right now, chances are you need to open up to a new, greater dimension of Holy Spirit intimacy in your life. And you go, Pastor Chuck, I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Yes, you did. You would have never been able to come to him except he call you. And now the rest of your life is learning how to release what's already in you and walking in the spirit, in the intimacy of Holy Spirit communion. Then you will be free for real. Can I get a witness? Now, I want to clarify just a couple things. This whole idea of freedom, Paul, when he says it is for freedom in Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now listen, we weren't set free to prove the Bible is true. We weren't set free so that we can be conservatives. We weren't set free so that we can go to church on Sundays. We were set free so that we could live. And in us living, others see what life can look like. And so this morning, I want to speak and just declare over everybody here a hopeful faith that you can rise up over whatever it is that's keeping you from enjoying freedom and that you can be broken and set free to receive that freedom. How many of you received that this morning? Come on. How many of you receive it? Just lift your hands. I want to encourage you. We're going to close. As we come to the Lord's table, we're going to pray a prayer for us to receive freedom. You see, Paul, in the last few verses, look here. He's talking in this passage about national perspective when he says, his people, there's a veil over their eyes. And he's burdened for them. When they read the Old Testament, they can't even see Jesus. And now they can't see and recognize Jesus. And Paul says, listen, for, a for his national race, his concern. But he says, when they turn and see Jesus, the veil is removed. And then the Spirit of the Lord will give them a liberty and a freedom. I want to speak into something that's very popular in our land right now. And it is this. That there are some people that are irredeemable. When you see Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi, you should pray that she will see Jesus. Listen. We need Jerry Nadler and the president and anybody else that you think is, is, is ruining the freedom of our nation on both sides of the aisle, whoever it is. And I could list all the names that we all have as suspect on both sides. We need to pray that they would see Jesus. Now you go, Pastor Chuck, that's naive and you're such a pastor on Sunday mornings. But we, and we appreciate you. God bless you. No, that's not naivety. Somebody somewhere was praying for the guy who wrote this passage. The guy who wrote this part of the Bible was way past where Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and others are. God did a miracle and Paul got knocked off his horse and who did he see? And here, Jesus. You know, not only them, but some of us need a fresh glimpse 
of Jesus, a fresh revelation of Jesus. Y'all got barbecue in the back of your eyes rolling over. I'm up here going, I need to either stop praying so much. I, I, when I see Jesus, I preach and work up a sweat. And I refuse to let a poor version of what people see as normal Sunday morning stuff hinder and limit me. When I see Jesus, I come and my prayer is that you see Jesus. And listen, the freedom that I've come, you go, you were raised in a pastor's home, you and Candace, y'all are like, y'all don't ever deal with the real stuff. You have no idea. We have. I've been hurt. I've worked through personal things. Candace has been through, her testimony was a test. And here we stand. And what we've experienced, if God can bring us to this point in our life, I want everybody to know the freedom that we've experienced. I want you in your marriage. I want your children to be delivered. I want you to be a family that's a world-changing, difference-making family. I want your home filled with the glory of God. Now... Our dog, the two doodles, still wear the collars. When we're at the lake, what do they want to do? Get in the water. When we're out at the house, what do they want to do? Get in the pond. They wear the collars. Audie, the poor old rescue mutt, doesn't wear a collar anymore. You know why? She's come to understand the boundaries. She's got the spirit of Chuck and Candace in her. <laughs> we don't have to be with her. We are in her. And she knows how to stay out of trouble. My prayer is that you will go get set free of that, that collar. Get set free of that knowledge of where I can go and where I can't go but that I'll be full of God's Spirit, transformed by His grace from the inside out. I know not everybody's going to understand what I'm saying right here, but my prayer is that you would come to the place where you find your whole experience with the Lord a delight, not a duty. If you're like, I'm getting there, I'm 60% duty, 40% delight, you still got a little ways to go, bro. Coming to understand where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In Nairobi, Spirit of the Lord there, liberty. Moscow, Spirit of the Lord, and an openness to receiving the ministry of the Spirit, freedom, liberty. Woodstock, Spirit of the Lord there, in your house, between your ears, is the Spirit of the Lord welcome there? There is liberty. There is freedom. If you're here this morning, we come to the Lord's table. If you don't know that freedom, I don't want you to go, you know what, I can't take communion this morning. I'm not worthy. I want you to 
participate in communion with us as we take the wafer and drink the juice. But I want you to do this. I want you, as the guys come to lead us in this song, I want you to do me a favor. Would you just say a prayer between you and the Lord? And at the end of this song, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer that would make our hearts right so that when we come to the Lord's table, we can not only drink and worship, but be strengthened and transformed by His Spirit. Can someone say amen? amen. Let's stand as we prepare our hearts and worship. Amazing grace, how sweet that saved a wretch like me. Chains are gone. 
have the elements yet we have ushers if anybody does not have the elements we'll wait just if you'll just raise your hand are we good we've got some here anyone else you don't have the elements and you'd like to worship at the lord's table with us i think that's everybody great the scripture teaches us that on the night jesus was betrayed at the last supper with the disciples he took the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you when you eat it do it in remembrance of me and remember everybody we always say every month this is not us just remembering a historic fact we remember it and we appropriate and receive the truth of what happened there and how it it impacts our current reality. So when we remember, we appropriate faith that teaches his body was broken so that ours can be made whole. He purchased our healing. And so as you chew this little wafer and you ingest it, my prayer is that over whatever ailment or physical sickness that you have, that God would heal you in the name of Jesus. How many of you, we still believe in a God of miracles, right? Amen. And, and almost every month, somebody testifies. A week and a half ago, I have seven anchors in this shoulder. Seven. And I had arrangements to go in two days to be with my chiropractor to see had I done damage to it again. And we were singing on a Wednesday night, just Dean's guitar, Michael on the cello, House of Miracles. I came up here and my shoulder had been completely healed. I'm the pastor. I normally don't get that stuff. I like get to celebrate with you. And seven anchors. If you've ever had shoulder, I've had shoulder surgery, like shoulder surgery was scheduled and it saved me a trip all the way to Lawrenceville in the middle of the week. How I many you know that's that's like going to hell and back. I don't have I didn't have to go. Candace had said she felt like the Lord when we opened up after COVID that she said there were going to be a, a, a series of physical healings of supernatural miracles. Let us not forget that's the God we serve. And when we come to do this, we appropriate what he did there and we receive it now. Can we do it? Let's do it. Let's eat and worship and receive. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we receive healing over cancer, sugar diabetes, migraine headaches, broken hearts, arthritis. Even those members of our family who may not be here. I'm thinking of Bob and Ellie's daughter. 
We praise you, Lord, that you're strengthening her and you are strengthening her husband, Blake, as he cares for her right now. In this last stage of chemotherapy, we thank you, Lord, for medical advances. But more than anything, we thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross and your body was offered up so that ours can be made whole. And so in Jesus' name, we just speak healing over every situation, emotional, physical. We pray, Lord, in our spirit, soul, and body that we would be made whole today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. After the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is, the, this is my blood which is shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And when you drink it, remember me. So let's remember, let's worship and drink and thank God for the blood of Jesus. If you would, just set the cup behind Lisa. Would you lead, lead us in that chorus again? My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. life into this room full of people I just wonder this morning is there anyone here that you go there is something that came to my mind that I've struggled with may have struggled with it a long time or it might be something that's just popped up recently and you know the enemy is keeping you from living in freedom I want you to just raise your hand if, if the Holy Spirit has brought something to your mind we're going to pray over you come on thank you keep those hands up anybody else free in the name of Jesus as you testify and get real before the Lord and you posture yourself like Mary did I'm the Lord's servant I say yes may I receive that word and so father over every man and woman young man and woman their hands that went up you know the exact details and in that situation I pray specifically we thank you Holy Spirit you're not just with us you're in us that this is not temporary it's permanent we thank you that you don't bring death but you bring hope and you bring life and so into these situations we pray not for a glory that fades 
as most many of us are used to just well we tried and we had some energy and it just kind of faded away and wore off that's why we have opened ourselves up to you holy spirit being in us and that there would be an ever increasing glory in us transforming us making us more like jesus and so we say to every shackle all the bondages the vices the addictions the habits the thought processes we bind them in the strong name of jesus christ of nazareth and we speak freedom and life into every one of these situations now you may go pastor chuck i don't feel any different it's not up to you would you just open yourself up to saying i receive you holy spirit i receive you holy spirit everybody look at me the question is how do i receive more of holy spirit you ever gone to the grocery store hungry anybody anybody pray your husband will stop going to the grocery store when anybody taking your kids to the grocery store when you're hungry you know what happens when you're hungry you buy more I think what's beautiful what's going on in the world in all of this turmoil and it's showing up in here today this is a hungry church what's happening in the world is making people realize you know what life isn't as stable and sure and secure as I thought it was and we're all getting hungry for things that are stable things that are eternal things that are true if you'll hunger for the Holy Spirit and I pray that this teaching this morning makes you hungry for the Holy Spirit the Bible says that blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness they will be filled how many of you want to be filled come on come on how many of you want to be filled to all of the fullness of everything God has for you that's who we are in this church we want everything God has for us in Jesus name we pray amen amen now listen if you come this Wednesday night you'll be by yourself so don't come there are no services no meal um, all the kids will be at camp and nothing happens this Wednesday night and then next Sunday everybody listen I have the feeling that the next three sermons that I'm going to preach will be similar to what I preached at the end of October as I spoke into the political situation I'm gonna continue in our uncensored series and it's going to be life-giving and it's going to um, I think it's going to be a blessing because we're going to look at what God's Word says about biblical sexuality we will take two weeks and then the third week after that we'll wrap up the uncensored series unless it goes two weeks we're going to talk about the forgotten history listen to me the forgotten history of the USA and how it's impacting racial tensions today the next three weeks if you can't be here check them out online I want everybody to be on the same page and um, you may want to bring somebody with you next next few weeks all right you love the Lord may he bless you and keep you make his face shine on you may he be gracious to you may he lift up his countenance make you feel like you're his very favorite one and may he give you peace in Jesus' name. Would be like Mary and say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Have a great afternoon.